0: Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jerry Pickney. Today I'm joined by my friend and our judge, Rusty McMillan. Rusty, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, it's good to be here. I'm really really proud uh, of what you're doing with this, and I've listened to several of them already, and uh, I think this is a real real highlight for Paragold. Awesome,
0: man. Well... I know a little bit about you, but mm-hmm. those who are listening may only know you as the Greene County judge, so why don't we just start here? Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and, and how you ended up as a the judge
1: yeah do you, you remember in goonies when they asked chuck we wanted we want to know everything yeah yeah and he gives, goes back and tells <laughs> that story
0: <laughs> that's a great show yeah, sure is. let's just say the 80s was great in general it sure was the sure goonies is. represents all that was good about it
1: absolutely um uh born in green county uh actually so uh grew up out in the finch community uh so that's down highway 358 uh 351 but finch road as it was known and um Believe it or not, as in in my county judge role, I tell people I did grow up on a gravel road. Mm. It was gravel until I was about eight years old. And uh, so those County roads are special. That's right. That's right. Uh, my dad uh, grew up Church of Christ, mm-hmm. and, and uh, my brother and I were, were raised up in Church of Christ. Uh, so I tell people I'm kind of Church of Baptist or Baptist <laughs> of Christ or something like that. I, uh, got a little deep, bit of a mutt. That's right. I have deep ties in both, and I've, I've preached in both, I've sang in both, and really, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, enjoy the uh, the Christian fellowship that occurs. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, you got to watch me, I'll digress a bunch. Uh, no, that's, that's not a careful with at all, man. (laughs) This would be a real good conversation. Grew up out in the Finch community. Um, My my parents, uh, my dad worked for Southwestern Bell. My mom was uh, an interior decorator. She hung wallpaper and did other uh, work inside homes, but that Hmm. was primarily her role. Uh, And she did that. Uh, She stayed at home with my brother and I until we were... Uh, able to go to school and uh, then she uh, began to do that the paper hanging business because then she could take us to school and then pick us up after and i think that was so instrumental in, in mine and my brother's lives is to to have that presence of my mom uh oh, her absolutely. availability and mom and dad were intentional about that um, and i don't i don't have any any great stories uh I've, i have redemption in my life uh, yeah uh, and as we all do but uh um I just had a wonderful upbringing with my parents. They sent me to Curler's Ridge Academy. My brother started there in kindergarten. The same year he started in kindergarten, they had a PALS. That's when they began the PALS program. So that's their preschool program at Curler's Ridge Academy. Mm -hmm. Uh, When my brother started school, I felt like I needed to go too. So uh, thankfully the PALS program was going on, and and, uh, any preschool program is just – uh, it, it's a great start for, for kids to have if you can find a, a mm. preschool program. And I know our public schools have those preschool sure. programs, too, now. And it's, uh, it's wonderful. So as soon as you can get your kids in, that's yep. a, a step up sure. uh, for them to start their learning. Um, so ended up uh, there at Curlers Ridge Academy, started in POWs, and, and went through uh, grade 12. Yeah. Um,
0: what were you into? What were you like as a kid? Hobbies, interest?
1: Yeah, basketball was it for me. Okay. Uh, for like, you and your brother? Yes. And is he older? He's he is. On, uh, He's uh, 23 months older.
0: 23 months older. Yeah. Man, so you guys got to kind of have your own little sibling
1: rivalry well, probably it when was. it came to basketball. Absolutely. We had a basketball goal out front. Uh, you know, for the first few years of our lives, it was uh, on, a, on a gravel driveway. And that's where I learned my ball handling skills. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't always get a fair hop. Probably. but it, uh, That's right. That's right. But I, I was younger. Uh, even though I was just about two years younger, I was a lot smaller. It took me a long time to hit my growth spurt. I tell people in seventh grade, I was taller than one person in my class. Really? Was, I was taller than one girl. And that was it. So it really gave me a competitive advantage because I felt like I belonged on the court. Wow, And I felt like I belonged in in whatever was going on. I don't mean that arrogantly. I just like, I want to be involved in the action.
0: So you're the smallest guy on the team, right? Uh,
1: Yes, I was. um, Up until... between my eighth and ninth grade year, grew six, six inches. So wow, that's when I shot up. Did
0: you move from point to forward? No,
1: point. I stayed at point guard in high school, uh, and even in uh, went to Carless Ridge College for a year and played basketball I there. Didn't know that. Was point guard as at Royce well. play college too? Yes, he played there at CRC. He did as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Was CRA were they a good basketball team when you were in high school? Yeah, we weren't too bad. Um, were y'all playing Perigold and Tech back then? Yes, yeah,
1: we were still playing. Uh, we played Paragould uh, once uh, my sophomore year. We played always played Green County Tech twice when I was in school. Okay. um, And typically had played uh, Paragool, which was Ridgecrest.
0: Yeah, uh, totally. Ridgecrest Rams, Yeah,
1: so uh, Green County Tech, uh, Tim Fitzgerald was was my rival over there. But uh, my brother's senior year, so not a lot of success for me in junior high. We won some games. Uh, My brother's sophomore and junior year in high school, uh, they won five and six games respectfully.
0: So you finished high school, you went to college at CRC. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know when you went to CRC that you wanted to get into ministry? Or like, What was your plan in, in coming out of college?
1: Um, my dad's title with Southwestern Bell was uh, in, something to do with splicing engineer. Uh, <clears throat> little did I know that wasn't a college degree position. <laughs> my dad worked his way up in Southwestern Bell. He was a good employee, and so he managed uh, the crew that took care of splicing cables together. Uh, they were up on the highline poles or they were down in pits, uh, and, and doing those things. Now it was, uh, a position he had to learn and grow in. And, mm-hmm. and so I don't mean to diminish that at all. So I just had in my mind engineering and I ended up my first semester in college in college chemistry. And I was salutatorian in, in my high school class, okay. but I studied a lot in high school and, uh, I think I made a C in college chemistry, but that was just because I had good people around me that, that helped me study, and they were smart, and we, we worked together. And um, I stayed with it for another semester, but then ended up with a D in the second round of college chemistry, and I thought, you know what, I probably need to find something else. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: might not be my so, sweet spot.
1: changed uh, majors a few times, ended up at Arkansas State University because it just wasn't worth the money, and I wasn't going to be studying at, at Harding. I came back, went to A-State, and then uh, my dad said, hey. Uh, I'm not going to pay for your college anymore because you're not putting forth the effort that you did in high school. And I said, I understand that. Well, at that time, Crowley's Ridge college college, um, their Bible major program, Bible majors went, went free because of an endowment that somebody had set up years Hmm. ago. And they wanted to people to be trained for, for Bible and teaching and uh, preaching and and things like that. And they had a good program. So I thought, well, I'd love to play basketball again. And, uh, uh, and then I'll just major in, in Bible until I can figure this thing out, because yeah. then I don't have to come up with the money yep. uh, to do this. Um, well, I think it's you know, God lets you make some decisions in life, and then He says, "If, if you're going to make these decisions, I'm going to use you in in certain ways." Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, worked with uh, Seventh and Muller Church until uh, the end of 2008 as a youth minister. Yep. and. Um, it felt like it was time for me to kind of either decide and I didn't want to preach at that time. Uh, so I, I moved on from there. Uh, I went to work at St. Bernard's for a couple of years and then came back to Unico bank. Um, Leon Brinkley, uh, went to church with him and had his kids in, grandkids and grandkids in youth group. And he asked me if I'd, I'd come back and, and work for him and take, do public relations work for, for mm-hmm. Unico. Uh, he was really trying to expand at that time. Uh, so, uh, Unico Bank, uh for about five years and then I ended up the county judge.
0: And in there you were pastoring some as well, right? vocationally when you were like, yes. at Unico with some other places.
1: Right, when I was at Unico. Uh very interesting uh how that transpired. In uh, September of uh two thousand eleven. Uh my phone rings at, cell phone at the house and uh phone rings and it's my, it's about eight o'clock at night, but it's my dad's phone number. I I, I know it's the home phone number where I grew up. So I recognize that. And I think I just had some feeling come over me because I usually don't talk to my parents after eight o'clock. But I thought this is going to be dad. He's going to ask me to come out and preach at Liberty and uh, answers Hmm. phone. He said, Hey, I said, Hey dad. And he and Gene Wood was the longtime minister out there when, when I was a kid and he said, uh, Gene and I have been talking, and he wanted me to reach out to you, just see if you might give consideration, come out here and, and preach for a while. And I thought, wow. I said, funny thing, Dad, I, just, I felt like you were going to ask that when I answered this call. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> i had never desired to preach uh, that's uh, before. Loved youth ministry. I didn't feel like it was a promotion to get into that pastoral and yeah, yeah. minister role. That wasn't your aim. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Um. And I just felt like I'm gonna give this a shot. I think this would be good uh, for me. It'll really help my growth. Um, and when you when you're preaching, you really got to be in God's word because you've got you've got to be prepared what you're bringing. And I thought, you know, I'll give it three three months. I'll preach till the end of this year, and let me see if if I'm able to still you know do my job, take care of business there, and so on and so forth. And um, it worked out fine. I ended up there through September of 2014. And it was a um, tremendous uh, three-year period for me of growth, spiritual growth in my mm-hmm. life. Uh, we had some great things going on out there at the church. 2014, I was also in the process of uh, running for county judge. And so I had talked yeah. with my elders about that. I'm like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to continue to preach sure. if, I, if I get elected or what. Uh, but um, what had made that you, conversation what with
0: What made them. you decide to run for county judge it was an
1: accident. I assure you. <laughs> um, in 2011, uh, judge Jerry Shipman, uh, was, was County judge then. And, uh, for the previous 10 years, we had been under scrutiny, uh, from the, uh, jail standards board for Green- for uh, state of Arkansas. Uh, Marvin Exum was on that board. He was a local guy here. Um, County jail at that time was built 93, 94 and uh, would house, uh, I think it was about 115 is what it was, uh, is the bed capacity. Uh, about 30 females and 80, 85 males. Uh, for, since 2000 through, through 2011, we were consistently at 150 and even as high as 180. And basically, you're putting people on the floor and, and such. So in 2011, uh, Judge Shipman knew we, we needed to do something. Uh, Dave Tierney was working uh, for Judge Shipman at the road department. And so then he moved him into a different position, and, and uh, Dave Tierney put together this Blue Ribbon Jail Committee. When somebody comes and asks you, hey, I've got this committee, and it's called the Blue Ribbon Committee, you probably need to turn and walk away because that's that highlights it thinking well this is an important committee <laughs> all it is is bait and trap to to get you to you know uh so I've, I've told dave about that several times i'm like you knew what you were doing by naming it something flashy and then getting people to, to buy into it um i wasn't even one of the first choices somebody else had turned it down and so dave tierney asked me if i would be involved um uh, i first knew of dave tierney uh, he owned the Goody Barn in Oak Grove.
0: Okay.
1: And in yep. 2002, uh, when I ended up here at 7th and Muller as youth minister, my good friend, whose uh, son was in youth group at that time, uh, my good friend Topper Killo, said, Hey, we're going to go get the best burger you've ever eaten. And so we go out to the Goody Barn. <laughs> Half-pound barn burger. And I frequented that place with the kids from the youth group. We'd go out there at least once a week and eat. We walked through the door, and Topper Kilo was a real loud guy. Dave Tierney's a very loud guy. We walked through the door, and Topper yells, it, How are you, Dave? And Dave yells back, I'm great, Topper, how are you? And I'm looking at everybody else, yeah. "Why are these guys yelling. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my introduction to Dave Tierney. He asked me to in 2011 to serve on this committee. I was with Bob Wells, um, he, he gave me my first real job at Gasaway Lumber. Mm-hmm. Bob Wells was my mm-hmm. uh, supervisor. Um, Kimberly Dale was asked to be on it. She was the county attorney, mm-hmm. and so she was the, the legal representative on there. Uh, Delmer Massey, um, uh, he's passed on uh, now, but uh, long, long, long time farmer out in the Walcott area. Mm-hmm. Wonderful man. Hewlin uh, Linderman, uh, who was affectionately known as Hootie. Uh, wonderful gentleman up around the Oak Grove area. And uh, Brent Cox. Uh-huh. Interesting thing about Brent Cox is he is the jail yep. administrator yep. now. Yep, doing good work. <laughs> so we sat down in 2011, and uh, they elected me as chairperson for this committee, and we started to uh, to to research what what was wrong with our facility, and then begin to research other facilities, um, not only in the state but even outside of the state. We went over, uh, and it's close, but we went over to uh, Dunklin County, Kennett. And looked at uh, at their facility and that's what we modeled ours after it was build a shell and then put these pods uh, that would hold the 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 inmates uh, put those on the interior and uh, between the uh, the the shell of the building that exterior and the pods was the maintenance area and so all of our maintenance could be taken care of mostly could be taken care of outside of being in the actual Holding areas of the inmates, so it made it safer on our maintenance staff and so on and so forth, uh, utilize our services. So your question was how do I get involved with politics? so that was the start of it. And somebody in 2012 we had a, a vote that was put before the people and they voted uh, um, the majority voted to put on the tax for construction of a jail. and there was two parts of that tax. one was a, a permanent uh, three-eighths of a cent that would, for maintenance and operation of the jail. <clears throat> the other three-eighths of a cent was for uh, construction, and that was going to be a 10-year tax, and we were going to get a bond, uh, build the facility, and hopefully in 10 years be able to pay that off. After we, um, well, when we were leading up to that and getting that, uh, that passed, somebody said, hey, you need to run for Quorum Court. Quorum Court is the legislative body of the county. We have mm-hmm. 11 districts known as justice of the peace districts.
0: Yeah. And for those who are listening that maybe you're a little confused by that, think of the city council, the way the city council yes. works with the mayor, the quorum court works with the judge.
1: That's right. That's right. And uh, that position uh, was filled at that time with Josh Agee. Okay. Uh, so we both lived here in district two. Josh was appointed to that position when it became vacant. And so he couldn't run for it because of of state law. But if nobody ran in that position, then he could be reappointed the next term. And so he was fine either way, but he had aspirations to run for city council. And so the, the last day of the filing period... At 8 o'clock that morning, I finally make up my mind, and I called Josh and said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and run in this spot. And it was I was going to be the only one in that position, which if you're going to run for anything, if you run for something, you're unopposed, it's a really good chance you're going to win. <laughs> you know, and I like <laughs> yeah, those odds. good about your chances, yeah. <laughs> so Josh said, that's fine. I want to run for city council. And so he got his paperwork done and, and uh, uh, made, made that move in, in that direction. And I intended – uh, to serve one term, two-year term, and I thought, you know, I've never done anything uh, civil, civic duty, kind of, uh, I, I had all, I had volunteered in the community, I was a part of Kiwanis, uh, through my job in Unico Bank, you know, we try to do things in the community, I'd served on this Blue Ribbon Jail Committee, and so I thought, I'll, I'll serve one term, and then, and then move on, Uh, doesn't take up a whole lot of time, but you have one meeting once, once a month, and then you do have some preparation outside of those meetings. Well, a few months in, I still, I just kind of had that in mind. Uh, anytime you get on a a board, there's, there's a few meetings that is kind of, you're learning things. Uh Well, uh, about four or five months in, then I thought I started paying more attention and then I started asking questions. And no disrespect of anybody that was in those offices, but I uh, just kind of got some things working in my mind that I thought, you know, I, I think some, some things can be done differently, and I think we can do a little better in some areas. What and, were
0: some of those things that jumped out that,
1: right, well, uh,
0: that you saw that we needed to make improvements in?
1: Yeah, uh, so in June of 2013, which was my first, first year of that two-year term, uh, <clears throat> we had an appropriation ordinance that uh, that hit the table uh, in one of our meetings and we needed to appropriate an additional $60,000 in the sheriff's fuel budget if you look back several years you'll always see that the sheriff's fuel budget routinely runs at $120,000 but when they passed the budget in December of 2011 November December of 2011 I mean sorry 2012 uh, they cut the sheriff's fuel budget by sixty thousand dollars. They cut another budget fund by thirty or forty thousand. I can't recall what that one is right now. And the intent was, uh, we want to get a three percent raise to the the employees. Now I wasn't on the court at whenever on the Quorum court when they passed that budget for two thousand thirteen because that's done in November December. Mm-hmm. I came in in January of thirteen. Well, I I, I said, well, why did y'all? Why did you not fully fund it, knowing that you needed 120000 for the year? They said, well, you know, we knew that money would be here by, by this time, just as that budget goes and as taxes come in and so on and so forth. And they'd always kind of been real conservative in passing a budget. And I asked the question, I said, well, what if it didn't come? Are we just going to have to park our Sheriff's Department vehicles because uh-huh. we couldn't fuel them up? And uh-huh. well, we just tell the citizens, hey, we can't service you now for the rest of the year. And I thought, you passed a false budget uh, for 2013. Yeah. I just don't see why that was the responsible thing uh-huh. to do, knowing, knowing that we needed this much, $120,000 for the entire year. And from there, uh-huh. um, you know, just questions to Judge Shipman about processes on on roadways, which roads are the responsibility of the county judge. Uh, and so the quorum court's responsibility is to f- appropriate money for the judge to do, do the, the things that he needs to do. Um, but I, I saw a lot of, um, felt like a lot of equipment that was bought at the surplus, uh, at, at Little Rock Army surplus and equipment that needed a lot of work on it. And I thought, well, if we get, if we get in better equipment or newer equipment that doesn't take as much maintenance, then we can get more product and more service out on our roadways. Mm-hmm. And so those are a, f- a couple or few things that I thought I'd just like an opportunity to try it differently, to see if we can make our money uh, extend our money and, uh, to, to, you know, it's easy to look at something and think, Hey, I can do that better. But until you're in that position, you just don't know. Oh, it's easy to play the armchair quarterback. Sure it is. Sit
0: back uh, and just critique everybody for their job. And if I was in your spot, yeah, yeah, I'd be doing it like this and, but and you're like, I don't want to play armchair quarterback. I'm the quarterback. I don't. Put me in the game.
1: That's right, and I, I've never been that way. I, I, I wanted to be involved. I want to be in the game. Uh, when I was at CRC, I got benched for about four or five games because I just wasn't cutting it, and what did I do? Well, I went to work in practice yeah. so I could get that starting spot back because that's where I believed I, I belonged. Yeah. And, uh, and as long as I could contribute, then uh, I wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, I ran for student body president my junior year. Uh, you know, usually you, as those things go, yeah, you know, that's reserved for a senior. But uh, so I got elected student body president in my junior and senior years uh, at CRA.
0: That's um, yeah, so it's easy to, and we see so much of it on social media, especially yes, right where it's yes. just we think we're gonna, yeah. It's like we try to change the world by just critiquing everything that's wrong right. with it, rather than just putting some skin in the game. Yes, like, get off of social media and go and. Try to be the change that you want to see in the world. Right.
1: This so gentleman, I, I heard this on a TV show, but the gentleman told uh, what leadership is. It's making a decision and everybody with a mouth gets to second guess you. <laughs> yeah, <ain't that laughs> you know, right. and, uh, so it's just um, we need more encouragement than critique in life. Uh, we need more cooperation than ridicule. And, uh, and that's been my approach in, in, county judges, uh, somebody it's easy to say, well, you're just complaining about your road. And I, I've changed my mind on that real quickly. I said, you're concerned about your road mm. and you have a right to be concerned. Yeah, sure. I, um, I grew up across from weatherman Terry Wood and he had a four wheel drive Jeep. And on those days where it was really muddy, his uh, his daughters went to school at CRA as well, and he'd come pick us up, mm. and he'd drive eighty miles an hour down these bumpy gravel roads, and <laughs> we'd have a ball. And we yeah. didn't have our seatbelts <laughs> on either, <laughs> so I remember my head hitting the top of that of that jeep. So I, I know the concerns there, and I've heard people talk about the challenges with with our roadways, and so I thought I'm going to throw my name in the in the yep. in the ring and in, in the hat and see if uh, if the folks will give me a chance. I met with five. Um, individuals the first time just to talk about the idea of, of doing this, uh, and I'll tell you, Dave Tierney, when he asked me to be on the Blue Ribbon Jail Committee in 2011, two months after we started meeting, he looked at me one day, just him, him and me, and he said, "If you if you do this right, you'll be the next county judge." Hmm. And I thought, Why do I want to do that?
0: <laughs> what do you think he What do you think he meant by that?
1: Uh, Dave and I had spent enough time together. Me being out at the Goody Barn eating his hamburgers, yeah. Yeah. and just knowing who uh, who he is, and him knowing me, and he'd seen me working with these kids, and, and I think he just saw somebody that wanted to to, to treat people right, and be honest, and, and somebody saw man a
0: good character, so, saw leadership potential, right. yeah.
1: And um, um, you know, and that's not not to toot my own horn, but I, I think, um, you know I've asked people lately, "How are you doing?" Well, better than I deserve. I'm like you're a child of God. You, des- you deserve a lot mm. in life mm. because of your relationship with Christ. And that doesn't mean we deserve things that other people don't get. But think um, you are you were worthy enough for Christ to die for you, so live with that understanding in your mm. life. Mm. Um, have a high regard for, sure. for yourself and the decisions that you're going to make. We're going to make mistakes, and that's fine, but... Um, you know, hey, I'm doing great because of what Christ has done in my life. Sure. You know, that's what we, we do. So I ended up, I went and talked with Judge Shipman and uh, in his office at the courthouse. Uh, and I said, um, and, and I go way back with, with the Shipmans. Uh, his son, Brian, was uh, four years ahead of me in high school, and uh, his son, John, was— uh, I think he graduated when I was maybe third or fourth grade, so I've known the Shipmans. Uh, judge Shipman was the county judge the decade of the eighties, and so I saw him at basketball games at Curly's Ridge Academy because that's where his boys went. And so I, I didn't have anything ugly towards him, but uh-huh. I just told him, I said, "Judge, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I plan to throw my name in um, to run for for county judge." How'd that go? And he was fine with it. He wasn't ugly to me. He said, "Well," he said. Uh, I look forward to beating you, (laughs) you know, and judge Shipman likes, uh, he likes the competition. He loves the the office of judge and he loves work. He's a hard worker. He works circles around anybody. Still, he's 70 upper seventies, but he still works hard, uh, today daily. Hmm. Um, so I, I made that decision. I had those five individuals and then they, they felt strong, uh, Strongly about my, my running, and we're ready to, to support and, and start processes of raising some money. So um, that's, that's how I got involved. So I What was the
0: race like? You know, Josh said it was, it was very hard on him, if you listen to that podcast, but running yes. for mayor. Was running for county judge similar to that? I mean, just, yeah. did you find it to be pretty difficult?
1: Yeah, my, my daughter was born in uh, November of 2012. And so I have a good job at Unico Bank. Love what I get to do there. Love my bosses. Uh, Leon Brinkley was the owner of the bank. Had a great relationship with him. Love his family. Um, the, the nuns are, uh, Vicki uh, is, is uh, one of Leon's daughters. And so the nuns, the Brinkleys, you know, I have a wonderful working relationship with all of them. And I didn't want to leave Unico, but I felt very strongly about, uh-huh. I, I, I think that we, we need, I think we need a change here in Greene County. And I think if they give me a chance and I surround myself with the right people, I think we can do some good things. Um, so we started that process. That was November of 2013, is when, or December of 2013 is when I met uh, with that, that group of five people. Uh, Bob Wells was one of those, He and his wife, Anita. Topper Killer was on that group, Dave Tierney. And, um, wow, I'm ashamed I can't think of my, my other person that was in that meeting. But we met at the Wells' house, had a pie and some coffee and about 7 or 8 o'clock one evening and, and talked about it and made that decision. We're prayerful about it as well. Um, in October is when the thought kind of hit my mind, and so I asked my wife, you know, got a good job, yeah, man. <laughs> and we've got a kid, so we've got responsibilities and don't want to no. mess any of that up. And I could have seen, I saw a long career with Unico Bank as well. And I said, would you be okay if I ran for county judge? And she's (laughs) she's like a lot of people, you know, what does county judge do? (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't bore her with a lot of those details, but I just said, well, uh, gave her the kind of the mm, brief explanation of it. And I said, I just, uh, you know, I love Greene County, grew up here. My family's here. The majority of my family lives out and outside of the city limits. of of any of our uh, cities and so uh, I've got a vested interest in our infrastructure our roadways our bridges I have family that farms and they utilize these uh, in this infrastructure daily so she said yeah I think you can do that well I asked her again in November I said I just want to make sure I said I'm I'm going to throw my name in uh, for county judge, are you okay with me doing that? She said, yeah, I already told you, yes. I said, I know. I said, but yeah, this yeah, is a big yeah, commitment. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I just need to hear it again. When I got yeah. out of you know, ministry, I I threw all of my everything into ministry. And if you're not careful, you know, I talked about redemption earlier, and that's one of the things that was redeeming because in ministry, I neglected my wife a lot hmm. um, because, you know, teens take a lot of time which is fine. But I enjoyed it, too, uh, seeing them grow, uh, being, being there and helping them grow through just things in life that they need. So a lot of mentoring, a lot of Bible study, uh, a lot of activities. Uh, our first anniversary, so we got married in June of 2001, and then I started in March of 2002 with Seventh and Muller Church. Hmm. I planned a trip on our anniversary to Rockford, Illinois, for a mission trip. <laughs> Good for you. And I didn't realize it when I planned it, but it was planned. Oh, man. And so in May, I said, hey, I'm going to be gone on our anniversary. Yeah,
0: I'm sure that went really well.
1: She said, that's fine, no big deal. Well, I get a call the day of our anniversary, which is two days into this mission trip, and she said, I want you home. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I said, nah. and she uh. said, I didn't know I was going to feel this way. Yeah. And so I was young, naive. I liked what I was doing in ministry, and so I didn't understand that until years later. And and uh, my wife was always telling me, you know, hey, I'm important too. Absolutely. And I said, and and so when I mentor or talk with young ministers, yeah, I said, you got to take time. Yeah. And and that time is not your wife taking time off work to go on a youth trip. Yeah. That's not where you need time alone together. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's fine. I yeah. tell my wife, I say, so I asked yeah. her a second time. Yeah, I'm going to run for county judge. Are you okay with this? Well, December 2013, uh, we're going to an ASU basketball game. And somewhere before we get outside of Greene County, traveling through towards Brooklyn and then to Jonesboro, I said, I'm going to ask you again. Are you okay if I run for Green County judge? Exactly. <laughs> and she said, I already said yes. Don't ask me again. <sighs> she I said, like, okay, all right. there we go. Three times. So. That's right. Because I knew the, the time involved with it. It was sure. going to take a lot of time campaigning. I have this one and a half, almost two year old girl. Uh, and... I, I didn't need to neglect that. Incidentally, I did reach out to Tim Wooldridge and I just asked, you know, Tim was a longtime legislator mm-hmm. uh, for us here, in the Representative House of representatives and also the Senate. And I, <clears throat> his kids were young when he was doing that. And I said, you know, how... Did, did, were you still able to be a father? How did your kids feel about it? And I even reached out to his kids and talked to them about him. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were cut from the same mode as Tim. Mm-hmm. So they, they loved it. They got out and campaigned for him and so on and so forth. My daughter's just a year and a half old. So mm-hmm. we put a t-shirt on her and she looks really cute. <laughs> Says vote for my dad kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's how I, I, I made a deliberate decision, uh, about it. Um, and I can tell you that first day in office was a whirlwind. I planned my day around eating, but it was two thirty that first day at office before I ever ate hit lunch. The yeah, and I thought, what am I doing? I always, I never miss a meal, yeah. uh, but it was so intense, especially anytime you're new in a position, and then you know you're getting all kinds of requests. You're trying to figure out where where you are. There's not really a a, a training to prepare yeah, you for yeah, it, man. but I respected Judge Shipman a lot more after I got in the office. Didn't hmm. have wasn't it's disrespectful the way it works Yes, right. you know I, I appreciated what he did. I thought in the eighties he was extraordinary, did a lot of good for this county and getting our bridges improved and and taking care of our roads. Uh, the working county judge was his slogan, and and he did that. Um. And I always, when I was on the court, Corn court, I looked at it and I thought, you know, if I take a basketball, this represents everything there is about, about the job. And if you draw a little circle on that, and this, this, is, this model's from Pistol Pete, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His dad draws a, a circle on a basketball and says, this is everything I know about being a coach. And he puts a dot in it and he said, this is what you guys know as a team. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I figured there's a, a, you know, a certain amount of that basketball that... Judge Shipman knows about being county judge, uh-huh. but I, I kind of had it in the back of my mind. This there's there's a and a more there's more to it than what you just see on the outside. Yeah, um, very simply, yeah. The county judge is, hey, you take care of our roads and our bridges, and that's what is going to consume the most of my time. But there's the administrative role of that as well, managing the budget that the court appropriates, um, overseeing our facilities. And we're in a courthouse that's 24 years, 26 years old now. Um, Judge David Lang, uh, 95, 96 is when he oversaw the construction of, of our Green County Courthouse. Great facility. Well, when I got into office, I noticed, well, this, this thing's a lot of wear and tear on it because yeah. a lot of a lot of people are in and out of that. We have circuit court, district court, um, and, and, and not to mention just the day-to-day operations. And so this last year, we began uh, to do some renovations in there. So um, there's, there's a lot lot to it. I really enjoy it. Uh, a gentleman told me once about county government. Ninety percent of the time, I'll do it for free. The other ten percent, you can't afford me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so there's awesome. there's some frustrations that come with it, as there is with any job. Yeah, and I, you uh, face
0: criticism and all that.
1: Yeah, you uh, you know, you said you were going to ask something about criticism. <clears throat> I am a, a people pleaser guy. Yeah. I don't like conflict. I just want us to all get along. It's it's hey, let's smile and laugh and joke with each other. That's that's my approach to life. One because I do really enjoy life that much, and and two because the things we get really upset or been out of shape about are generally not that Im- not that big of a deal. They may seem like it at that time, and uh, the decks talked about that. You know these things that yeah. consume us, and then you look back and say, you know, that's really kind of, yeah. ins you don't want to say insignificant, but sometimes it is. Yeah. And so uh yeah, first day in the office, you know, get a call. My road's terrible, won't you come out? And I'm just Yeah.
0: You've I, been on the job for one hour. Right. What are you waiting on? <laughs> yeah. And
1: that whole first year in 2015, all of 16, every time I got a call, I just I was sweating. I was nervous. I was like, I, hey, you know, oh, just man, give me a chance. Be? I think we can improve something, you know, or I think uh-huh. we can make you happy. Let's just talk about what it is. Uh, finally, it's sometime, well, sometime late in 16, I get a call from an individual. And he's talking about his role. And he said, am I going to have to get KAIT out here? Oh, man. Well, in 15, when somebody said that to me, I said, no, 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 no. Let's just, let me come out there and see what the problem is. And let's see if we can do something about it. So it's probably fixable. But it's been neglected. You have a concern about it. Let's take a look at it. Well, by 16, when that call comes in, I I need to get KAIT out here. I said, yeah, let me give you their number. I said, I'm going to come out there and we're going to talk about how little we actually collect in road millage taxes because out of $3,000 that I pay, $97 goes to the roads. And Mm -hmm. that's actually split in half because I live inside the city limits of Perigold. So half of that stays with the city road department and half of it goes to the county road department. Mm -hmm. And that's been something I've really tried to use to teach people. We have this idea that I pay taxes. Why, why aren't things done the way I want them to be? Well, 82% of my millage goes to a school district. Hmm. Wherever Whatever your school district is, mine, I live in Perigold School District, so 82% of what my personal and real property taxes are goes to the school district. And I'm fine with that. That is the way that, that we are set up. And I've been using, uh, I, I brought, uh, some information to share on that because yeah. it's important that we tell our own story. Sure. It's so easy. Like you said earlier, this armchair quarterback yeah. mentality, I can sit back and I can ridicule anything else that I'm not involved in. And it's, it's easier to talk about what somebody else is, is doing wrong or how I think I would do it differently. Absolutely. But if you're not in the position to make the decision, yeah, you are, you don't know what all went into making yeah. that decision. Yeah, but you don't I sh- understand all the factors. At that's play. right. Yeah. That's right. And which caused me to to respect Judge Shipman and and uh, in in ways that I hadn't considered. I was respectful of him of him as a person, uh, but then I understood when I was county judge. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's a pretty big weight that's on your shoulders, yeah. and the expectations that come from sometimes yep. uh, from from the citizens. Our county millage rate is uh, 5.6. So that's there's one mill that goes to the library, and that was voted on by citizens a couple decades ago. And we have a great library, and, and we need that money mm-hmm. in order to, to continue to fund the library. One millage goes to the roads, and then 3.6 to county general. So that makes it 5.6, which is the seventh lowest in the state. There's 75 counties seventh in the lowest. state. wow. Seventy-five counties in the state were seventh lowest on our county millage rates. Wow. And I think that's extraordinary, especially in light of the story I get to tell about what we're able to do with that funding. Yeah. Um, So the criticism comes, and and that's part of any job. Uh, I I do get that. used to make me a lot more nervous than it does now. Uh, But I'm able to process that better now because somebody calls you with a complaint or a concern, Sometimes it's not just that moment or that particular thing that they're, they're wanting to to let you have it about that is, is the real concern. And so I, 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 I like people. I like to talk to people. And I want to visit with them to find out, well, there was something maybe a year ago or 10 years ago that you felt like you were promised and it never happened. Mm. So let's talk about why, why it can or can't happen now. Let's see how we can come up with a solution. And when I get to sit and visit with people, I think I believe from my perspective and, and reading and, and well, leaving the conversation and, and us being on shaking hand terms mm. and not, we're not yelling at each other now. Um, I'm, I'm not yelling at them, but uh, <laughs> that's, we have, we've, we've found something we can agree upon. We can get a timeline for when we can get this improved. And if you give us an opportunity, I think we can we can meet your objectives within reason.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a big shift, man, mm-hmm. to be able to go from being controlled by the opinions of others to right being in the psychology world, they call it emotionally uh, differentiated, you know, to where yes. you're able to, to know where this person ends and I begin. So mm-hmm. once you come to a place where it's like, I don't need you to be okay with me in order for me to be okay. Right, And there's a lot of freedom in that that allows you to do your job well. Because if you're controlled by... The opinions of others, you're actually not going to do your job well. Right. You're gonna, and what typically happens is you let the anxiety of others control the system and yes. control the direction that we go. And so now you're basing decisions off of anxiety. Yes. You know. And, uh, and
1: we, we did a lot of Band-Aid um, fixes in my first two to three years of office. And, and so there's there's a part of getting comfortable in that office knowing better what you can and cannot do and then being able to sit down and explain it based on the funding you have and the cost associated with maybe what the request is and so I, I feel m- much better in, in the position that I am now and I just like the opportunities to sit down and, and be able to visit with folks sure um, and we I, I think overwhelmingly we've done we've done very well with that yeah with, with my road crew and, and such well I
0: want to talk about some of what you think we've done well, what we've accomplished in your time as judge. But what, before I do that, um, just I guess kind of next to last question is what are some of the biggest needs facing us right now um, from where you're sitting as we move forward? Um, yeah, what do you see we need to focus on? Where are the areas for improvement?
1: ASU Chancellor uh, Dampus has, uh, he uses, he chooses one word every year. And uh, I, I've admired that since I was first aware of him. Uh, and him being here and him doing that. And uh, um, and towards the end of 2020, it finally just hit me. And I thought, you yeah, know, that's a great idea. And so I started thinking. After coming off of 2020, and, uh, you know, a note came up on my phone and said, what do you think the, the most used word was in 2020? And I got it right before I opened it. You want to give a guess? <laughs>
0: no, I don't. What was it?
1: <laughs> Unprecedented. You know, overwhelming. So we've got unprecedented, um, you know, the new normal, uh, normalcy, a lot of words that are going to be up there in, in that top category, but unprecedented. So the challenges that have existed for us in 2020, the, um, everywhere from somebody very fearful of, of the virus of, and how that's, that's not only the virus. The virus has impacted our finances, our jobs, the family dynamic. Some folks really did shut down and, and some went about never changed a thing in their life. You know, you've got polar opposites of what's going on. And it's fine whatever you choose. We just have a responsibility for each other in the end. And so I thought community for, for 2021 and moving forward is, um, you know, in Scripture we read, consider one another above yourselves overwhelmingly, it's easy to talk about how bad people drive or to ridicule this, that, and the other, to be dissatisfied with what, you know, what your big box stores are doing or your, you know, your fast food chain that all of a sudden you go up and order your hamburger from a computer. Oh, I don't like that. Well, all of these people that own these, these companies are looking at their bottom dollar. And so they've got to make sure at the end of the day, they've got funding to continue to provide the service and to pay the employees or make sure the computers are running and whatever need that that is. We have an overwhelming need right now just to to be mindful of community. Mm -hmm. Overwhelmingly, we submit to each other in uh, numerous ways. We don't encroach upon each other's lives too badly because we follow through with what we're supposed to do. So you think about driving. It's easy to ridicule the driving, but overwhelmingly, look how few accidents we have yeah. because people stay in their lane. I was able to take my daughter to, to school this morning uh, and to drive back to the green County courthouse. And I passed 75 or 80 vehicles, a hundred vehicles going and coming. And we did it flawlessly because yeah. if you don't have the accident, everything's fine. Yeah. I've veered over before I've missed a stop sign before. And somebody else thankfully was watching in the same way, Somebody else has has made mistakes on the road, but I was watching, Hmm. and I have had to go into defensive driving mode to avoid an accident. And the common response is, I want to get mad about that. Well, if if an accident didn't happen, don't let it bother you. Hmm. You were able to save that person, their property, maybe very simply uh, possibly a life, maybe even your own. So let's not let that be a defining moment of the day. Let's say, hey, we avoided an accident. You're okay. I'm okay. And we're probably going to be on a more heightened sense of awareness for the remainder of the day yeah. if that happens. But think about it. You're in a, in, a, in a restaurant. You walk in. You're passing people, but you yield to them. They yield to you And getting to your seat when you're in the grocery store. How many times are you bumping into people with your carts? You might, but it's usually a, oh, I'm sorry, or excuse me. But we're staying in in our areas so overwhelmingly in life i see that we submit to each other we yield to each other uh, because it's a respectful thing to do it's uh we talk about southern hospitality yeah um, but as we saw in 2020 you know we weren't all very hospitable we weren't community minded and when i think about what our small businesses what our restaurants what our churches Uh, what our our government buildings and all businesses really have to do. Um, There's a mandate there to wear a mask. Let's consider it a a request. Mm -hmm. There are 15, 16, 18, 20-year-olds, 60, 70-year-olds that are working in our our building, in in grocery stores and in fast food and, and other restaurants. They're required to have those masks on. The least we could do, where I'm asking, mm-hmm. abide by the regulations, the, yeah. the the rules. We don't like rules, yeah. <laughs> but consider a request, and it's an opportunity to think about my community yeah. above what I want right now. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's the most important thing for me is let's get back, or let's work on our community mind uh, for 2021.
0: Yeah, that's good, man. You know, you can do very little to change the world but you can change yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you can take responsibility for your own actions. What I love about what you just said is, man, if you, if you want to make the city or the County or the state or whatever, a better place, stay in your lane, you know, take Mm -hmm. responsibility for your actions. Like this change happens in those very ordinary moments Mm -hmm. in, like you said, in the grocery store or driving to work or right? right. And so that's good, man. Um, We'll we'll end here. What are you most proud of as you look back? You're down in your second term,
1: third
0: third term. Yeah, first two terms
1: were two year terms. Okay. In 18, the uh, or in 16, the citizens of Arkansas voted on moving it to the uh, county elected positions to four year terms. And so in 18, it began a four year term.
0: Okay. So in third term, as you look back on the work that y'all been able to do in your time, what are you most proud of?
1: It's going to be kind of a combination of things but i think if we if we base it the most proud of i'm proud of our financial situation of the county i mentioned to you earlier some of those responsibilities of the county judge and the upkeep of our properties and so on and so forth Um, where we're we're sitting financially is is wonderful uh, compared to where we were when i first got involved in county government Um, i had a cash flow sheet Here that I brought that is awesome.
0: Uh, I'm glad that you did, man. Come and prepare. Give (laughs) us the give us the numbers. We want the facts.
1: In uh I was on the Quorum Court in two thousand thirteen and fourteen. And in two thousand fourteen we had a cash funds available uh for as of November thirtieth, twenty fourteen, at two hundred eight thousand dollars. Fast forward several years, so now in two thousand twenty. Uh, funds available are 1.4 million dollars. That's and, incredible. And that's not a lot when you're thinking about businesses and operating and such, but we've been got uh, a quorum Court, uh, excellent quorum Court over the years, very uh, conservative financially. Uh, we went we've gone several times as you said we, we cannot give a raise because we want to pass a balanced budget. Here's our revenue here's what we can spend of that. And we're going to be responsible with that because the idea is we don't want to raise any taxes. You know, people, if you talk to a lot of folks, you hear that I don't want to pay any more taxes. Well, that's how we fund certain things that you expect uh, that citizens expect us to to do. Um, County general reserves, 1.2 million in 2014. uh, And as a. 2019, we're at 1.3 million. Uh, I, I left my 2020 sheet, but we're even a few hundred thousand dollars above that now. And uh, county roads and road reserve fund, 558 thousand in 2014, 1.9 million in 2020.
0: Goodness.
1: And we talked about that just at our our budget our court meeting on Tuesday night. Now it's easy to say, well, you've got that money. Why don't you do this A, B, and C with oh, with yeah, it. you yeah, know? Yeah. It's just like well, you got that money. Pay my road. Yeah. All right, well, in uh, an ice storm, there's a million dollars we had to spend just to clean up for the ice storm. Had a flood event in 2011, Mm $300,000. It took, and those are federal, well, there was a federal disaster and then state disaster, but it took three years to get that money back from the 2011, Mm -hmm. four years. Mm -hmm. 2015 is when they receded that to me when Mm -hmm. I got into office. We have to have money available sure. to take care of the unforeseen. Yeah, in our general reserve fund, I've been spending close to two hundred thousand out of it the last several years because of a new chiller that was two hundred thousand dollars. Uh, because, and that's the heat and cool our our building. Yeah. Um, and that one was running at twenty two years old, so it was about time for a replacement. Um, renovating courtrooms, you know, because. Things wear out on our pews. You have the old church pews in our circuit and, and district courtrooms. You could see where the back of the people was in that wood, and so we had all of those refinished wow. in the circuit and district courtrooms last year. COVID was really a, a blessing for that because court was shut down, and I could renovate those those two courtrooms. Um, so replace carpet, uh, get the the, the old. Uh, material off of the pews and put a vinyl gray uh, medical grade vinyl on it to, so we could disinfect it hmm. and so just making little steps forward uh chain, um, that um that we needed so we changed out seats and, and carpet and lighting um all in an effort just to make sure we're taking care of what we have we're presenting well to the public and we're utilizing our dollars in an appropriate way because uh, we need to be proud of what we have and yeah. and Uh, our traveling judges and the attorneys they talk they rave about the way our courthouse looks now if you go in there today i've got a lot to do still in those entry areas the common areas Uh, but i'm going to start renovating those too getting wallpaper pulled off the walls Mm -hmm. it's already pulled off in a lot of places but um so i've been I, i i get a little bit of uh of that uh, joy. Like my mom, she, she likes uh-huh. to decorate and to uh-huh. beautify and to take care of things. And I'm uh, very thankful for our quorum court and recognizing, uh, you know, we don't need to just let this det- to continue to deteriorate. I also look at my roads uh, in 2015 when I came in, uh, 16, uh, the next year, uh, went uh, hired a company to come in and drive our paved roads so that they could grade them they drove them, and it would give us a grade on where that road is and what we needed to do to it. I, didn't, I did, That was a good uh, first step, but I didn't have money, a lot of money to put towards it. So I've slowly been keeping the Quorum Court a- aware of that, and we drove them again in 18, showed some improvement. But since 18, we've been able to overlay over 30 miles of roads in Greene County. Haven't paved anything new except six tenths of a mile, but that's because we need to be able to take care of the paved roads we have before we get aggressive with any new paving projects, so I'm very proud of of where we sit in our finances. It allows me the flexibility to make some some good and, and large improvements as we move forward. Um, and I, I think the citizens would be very proud. If, if you get an opportunity, to come up to the courthouse and look at our circuit and district courtrooms, uh, see how nice they are. And we think, sure. you know, well, that's for people that are going to court. Well, it, it doesn't have to look run down. And when you have something that looks nice, I think there's a sense of decorum and respect that comes with that. And so when somebody walks in there, we've already set the stage for a responsible, respectful. There's going to be some hard decisions made in those rooms, but... If, if things look nice around you, I think that that brings with it a, a mentality of, I'm going to be respectful in this situation because this is a, an important place.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good, man. I, I'm so glad you brought those numbers because I didn't know that personally. Mm-hmm. And that makes me proud. Yeah, um, yeah, just not just proud of you as my friend and proud of you as the work you're doing and just proud of this city, the yes. county. So there's great things happening yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of comes off, It goes back to family. Um, to me, it's as I listen to your story. I mean, you got into this because of your family. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys, like you said, you all lived on the outskirts of the city, and right. so you had a vested interest here. And then you run it like you would run your own budget, your own family budget, man. In, That's in many right. ways, and so I, it's just yeah, your heart comes through in that. Um,
1: my, my mom and dad, Jim and Gloria McMillan, are just extraordinary people. They're not flawless. But, but they're my parents, and mm-hmm. I'm very proud of that fact. My brother and I were taken care of. We always had exactly what we needed. We didn't have everything we wanted, but we had what we needed, and uh, we were loved. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, that is the approach. I've been crossways a time or two, and I've went of back course. and apologized yeah. to folks Just for like doing like it. Just like we do in family, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. Uh, and I, I, But I, I love Greene County. We have wonderful citizens here. We have people that like to work together yeah. to make things better. And uh, we're we're accomplishing that, and I think it's important that we we tell that story about us, and uh, always remember let's let's cooperate with each other rather than than criticize.
0: Yeah, well, that's a great place to end. Rusty, thanks yeah. for coming on. Yeah,
1: man. great. Uh probably talk way more than you planned, but that's the preacher and you, politician that. in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a, Yeah, it's a great combination. So <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah. All right. So that was Rusty McMillan, um, and our. Just Green County in in general is just so blessed to have someone like Rusty who has deep roots here. Um, He's a man of character. He's a man who really loves the people who make up um, Green County. So glad that he took the time to join us today. And as always, glad that you are tuning in to these podcasts. Um, as always, we want to encourage you to be sure and give us a like on iTunes that helps people to find us. Um, also make sure you check us out on our social media platforms. It's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you've not subscribed to our email list, do that. And as always, uh, thanks for listening until next time.